And this aspect of the symbolism of the cremation ground is especially elaborated in what are known as the eight great cremation grounds. All over India there are cremation grounds. Every village has a cremation ground. Every town has two or three. There are hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of cremation grounds up and down the length and the breadth of India. Where there are human beings, there's death. Where there's death, there's a cremation ground. But in India, traditionally, out of all these cremation grounds, there were eight that were especially famous, especially renowned, situated in different parts of the countries. And these eight great cremation grounds were places where yogis and dakinis regularly met in a sort of concourse. Places where initiations were given at night in darkness and secrecy. And these eight great cremation grounds are often found represented in the mandala. I'm not going to say anything about the mandala at the moment. I gave a lecture on it some years ago. But if one looks at the mandala, almost any mandala, what does one see? The mandala is surrounded by a circle, by a halo of flames, blazing, burning. And within the flames there's a circle, or if you look at it three-dimensionally, a wall of vajras, diamond scepters, thunderbolts. Within the Vajras, there's a circle of lotus flowers, pink and white. And within the lotuses, we find the eight great cremation grounds depicted in the Mandara. There's one cremation ground for each of the four cardinal points, and there's a cremation ground for each of the four intermediate points. So, eight altogether. And they're depicted usually, when the mandala is painted on a scroll, depicted very vividly. There are skulls, there are bones, there are corpses, there are burning funeral pyres. And against this macabre background, one sees the yogis and the dakinis meditating, dancing, <coughs> embracing, drinking, and so on. Now the fact that there are cremation grounds in all eight directions is significant. All eight directions of space. In a sense everywhere it suggests that there are cremation grounds everywhere. Suggests that the whole earth in fact is one vast cremation ground. That the whole universe is a cremation ground, that the whole of conditioned existence is a cremation ground because it's a place of death, a place of fear, a place where we're confronted by death, a place where we're confronted by fear, a place where we have to evolve or perish. Life itself, it seems that this symbolism is telling us, life itself which is death in life, if you like. Life in death, life itself, is the crucial situation. The situation into which we thrust ourselves, as it were, when we take birth as a human being. But the eight great cremation grounds also have a more precise meaning. 
They represent the transformation, not just of the system of consciousness in general, but of the eight consciousnesses, the eight consciousnesses, that is to say, which are enumerated as the basis of their teaching, by the Yogacara school of Buddhism. So let's take a brief look at these, these eight consciousnesses. The first five are simply the five sense consciousnesses, that is to say, consciousness or discriminative awareness, to translate Vijnana more correctly, discriminative awareness through the eye of form and colour, through the ear of sound, through the nose of smells, through the tongue of tastes, through touch of heat, cold, hardness and softness. So these are the first five, the five sense consciousnesses or five discriminative awarenesses of sense. And then sixthly, there's mind consciousness, which means discriminative awareness through mind of ideas. In Buddhism, as I think I've observed before, the mind is usually regarded as a sort of sixth sense. It isn't given a very prominent or eminent position. And seventhly, there's the defiled mind consciousness, the mind consciousness defiled, that is to say, by a dualistic outlook. This mind, this mind consciousness, the defiled mind consciousness, interprets its experience in terms of a subject and an object, of an external world out there and an ego self here. The defilement consists in this erroneous interpretation. And eighthly, there's the store consciousness, which has two aspects, relative and absolute. The relative aspect of the store consciousness consists of the impressions left by all our past experiences, not only in this life, but in previous lives. It's called store consciousness because it represents the level, as it were, of mind at which all these impressions are stored up. Something like, we may say, perhaps, Jung's collective unconscious. The store consciousness in its absolute aspect is reality itself, pure awareness, one mind, no object, no subject, one mind. So these, very, very briefly, because we're not really dealing with this subject this evening, these are the eight consciousnesses. I dealt with them in greater detail six years ago in a lecture on depth psychology of the Yogacara, which was the third lecture in a series on aspects of Buddhist psychology. And as we saw then, and a very few of you I know were present at that lecture, and many have heard it since on tape, as we saw then, the Yogacara school of Mahayana Buddhism, like the Tantra, is concerned primarily with direct experience, direct spiritual experience, and is especially concerned with an experience which it calls the turning about, or the turning around, parabriti, 
And this turning about or turning around is a sort of overwhelming spiritual experience that takes place in the very depths of one's being at the level of the store consciousness. And as a result of this experience, one's whole being is changed, turned around, turned upside down, transformed. The whole system of consciousness is transformed. The eight consciousnesses are transformed. And the transformation consists in, or we may say, the transformation is symbolized by these eight great cremation grounds. They symbolize the transformation of the eight consciousnesses. But there's a little question which arises. What are the eight consciousnesses transformed into? They're transformed. The eight great cremation grounds symbolize that transformation, transformation of consciousness, of the eight consciousnesses, but what are they transformed into? The short answer is, they're transformed into wisdom. Discriminative awareness becomes wisdom, pure awareness, transformed into the five wisdoms or five awarenesses. The five sense consciousnesses are collectively transformed into the all-performing wisdom, the wisdom of a Moga city, the green Buddha. Mind consciousness is transformed into distinguishing wisdom, wisdom of Amitabha, the red Buddha. Defiled mind consciousness is transformed into the wisdom of equality, wisdom of Ratnasambhava, the yellow Buddha. Relative store consciousness is transformed into mirror-like wisdom, wisdom of Akshobhya, the dark blue Buddha. And the absolute store consciousness, of course, is not transformed at all. It doesn't need to be transformed. And this absolute store consciousness corresponds to absolute wisdom, the wisdom of Varochana, the central Buddha, the white Buddha. So we can see now that there are many different aspects to the symbolism of the cremation ground. And all these aspects are connected. The cremation ground stands for death. It stands for fear. It stands too for fearlessness. In fact, it stands for all the heroic emotions. The cremation ground is the spiritual center. It's the place where heroic emotions are cultivated. The cremation ground is the crucial situation, deliberately sought out. The cremation ground is the earth itself, as the theatre of death and destruction, as the arena for spiritual development. And the cremation ground symbolizes that process of transformation, of radical transformation in which the spiritual life itself consists. And this transformation, as the Tantra again and again insists, comes about only as a result of direct experience. 